Welcome to Zenergy, the interactive podcast providing resources for building a better life. I am Zena Shea. I am a conduit, a coach, and a catalyst that launches humanity into greatness by accelerating mindset changes and trying to replace limitations with possibilities. And I am definitely here with two ladies who have done that and can tell you about it. They have definitely replaced the limitations they had with possibilities and are trying to provide that for other women, other people through, you know, through Maddie Leonard's book and through Rich Chick 360 with a Monica Matthew Smith. So say hi to everybody, ladies. Hello and welcome to um, the show. Yes. Happy yeah, to be so, here. Um, so those of you out there in Facebook Live, this is the first show of a new year, January of 2022. So I'm excited. It's a new year. And, you know, when we have a new year. A lot of people are in that new year, new me energy, which is a great energy to be in. But if you see this sometime later, that doesn't mean that you can't move forward in a new energy and, and trying to become a new you. You know, because we don't have to be bound by any kind of time limits. You know, if you see it in April or June or May or whenever you see it, whenever you hear this broadcast, we're here to motivate you and to get you to try to think about where you want to go, what you want to do, because every day is a new opportunity to try to be our best, to try to improve on what we've done, to try to learn from our mistakes um, and so this, the title of this episode is Rebuilding Our Lives Brick by Brick. And it's, you know, I love that metaphor. You have to have a foundation. And sometimes we have to tear down the buildings that we have built and we have to start all over. And some of us have gone through that. I've gone through two divorces, so I know about tearing things down and having to rebuild um, my kids have left the house, you know, so I have an empty nest. Um, so hi, Sylvan, Fennell. So someone's saying, hi, Maddie, proud of you. <laughs> oh, thank you. Um, yeah, so we probably all have had that experience of having to tear down or having something torn down, and then we have to build it back. And Everyone goes about that differently. My book, Zenergize Your Life, is about how I went about it through journaling, through meditation, through asking myself a lot of questions, and through clarifying my vision about what I wanted to do and where I wanted to go, and by using books and movies and music to focus myself on the tools that I had to help me. And so, Miss Leonard, I know that you know something about you know, things being torn down and you may be having to rebuild yourself because that's the whole title of your book. So why, why did you pick that title for your book? And, and what do you know about things being torn down and rebuilding? You know, when I think about rebuilding, I think about um, refurbishing, restructure, um, reconstruct um, to fix. And, you know, the definition is build, build, rebuilding is building again um, after something has been damaged or destroyed. And that's what my life had taken a turn for destruction. And, um, you know, my foundation had been broken and I needed to rebuild that 
uh, foundation over again. I had lost myself and, and needed to um, find a new way of life, a new way of living, and I had to rebuild. Okay. And I know what it feels like to lose yourself. You know, I've, I've been married twice. I was married um, almost six years the first time, and I lost myself because I was in an abusive relationship. And I was trying to be what he wanted me to be. And I was trying to be what wouldn't set him off. And that meant putting everything that I was kind of to the side. And so when I came out of that relationship, I didn't know who I was. I was like, okay, what, what did I want? What did I think? What did I feel? It took me like two years to really reconnect with myself. And that was through a lot of therapy and support groups and going to church and a lot of prayer, a lot of meditation, a lot of, lot of writing. Um, and then I was able to kind of rebuild who I was. And then I did it again. I got married and I did it again. I lost myself again in the second marriage. I was like, oh my gosh, why do I keep doing this? Um, and then I came out of that one seven years ago and had to start all over. And I, I, the book that I'm writing, it's coming out in Valentine's Day is about that process. How did I find myself the second time? You know, so. Let me close my door, I'm sorry. Oh, it's okay. So Miss Monica Matthew Smith, so I know that you have a whole platform where you're trying to help women um, create a foundation for the life that they want. Um, and how did you do that for yourself? And then how did you decide that you wanted to do that for other women? Right. So since we're talking about rebuilding and recovering, I can just take a step back and say, that for years, even on into my adult years, I've struggled with self-esteem, right? Um, just from childhood, growing up with acne, I grew up with the stuttering problem. So for years, and, you know, I give all glory to God, I felt like he's always created me for greater. But because of those scars from, you know, high school, like adolescent, that still Im impacted me as an adult, I felt like a part of me was lost during that part of just being concerned with other people's opinion, um, not feeling good enough, not feeling pretty, um, you know, just feeling like I was secondhand or reject all because of, you know, self-esteem. So God, you know, again, God just, God has just always placed in my spirit like a independence fire right and so you know just moving from wisconsin to texas just up and moving just he's always giving me process and he's always given me the desire to show other people how he has um helped me get to certain parts in my life so just even through you know going through grad school moving across the country starting my own businesses. He's always just put in the, put in me a spirit of, okay, now teach somebody else how to get that. So, you know, it was a fight at first because I'm trying to build this life for myself while then battling my own insecurities and not feeling good enough and self-limiting beliefs. But now I can say that, you know, he has gotten me to, to this point through faith and, you know, therapy, let's be real, therapy, meditation, prayer, all of that, 
um, to where the vision is totally clear and he just gives me strategies to just help other women get out of that place of feeling like they're not worth it or feeling like they can't or that they're ugly, low confidence and showing them that so much life is here for them to live. And there's so, and as women, we have so much power um, if we just don't let our insecurities hinder us. So that's led to where Rishik 360 is to, to this day. Well, I really like that. Um, and you said a lot. Self-esteem is a major thing. You know, believing in yourself and, and knowing who you are. Um, we both, Maddie Leonard and I both talked about losing ourselves, losing our identity, not knowing who we were. And then when you have lost yourself, you don't have self-esteem because you don't even have any sense of self. Um, and so getting that self-esteem. And then you talked about being worried about what people would think and feeling inadequate. You know, um, I was thinking about this morning that sometimes I'm amazed at what I do because there was a point of time when I didn't even want to be interacting with people. I was always afraid of being judged. I was always afraid that people were going to judge me harshly. Why? I'm not necessarily sure, but one day it kind of dawned on me, even if I stay home, they could still judge that. I don't have to even go for them to judge me. They could be like, well, she thinks she's too good to come. You know, she could have been here, you know, so I could have stayed home and they could have judged me. So I had to realize um, that I couldn't control what people thought. And one of the things that helped me realize that was looking at nature. You know, when you look at all the fruits and vegetables that are out there. Every one of them has a purpose. Every one of them has a, a gift within it. And just because let's say I don't like avocado. I know there's some people that love avocado. I don't like it. Okay. But um, that doesn't mean that it's not beneficial. There's a lot of benefits to avocado. It's just not my thing. And so if I'm somebody's avocado, that's all right. You know, I could be the avocado and it'll be wonderful for the person who likes guacamole and it won't be for the person who doesn't like avocado. But it doesn't mean that I don't have value. So I had to give myself the permission to just be myself, regardless of whether people uh, understood it or agreed with it, just because I was created this way. Um, the avocado was created to be an avocado. It was created green. It's got a bumpy skin. It's got a thick skin. It's not broccoli you know it's not celery it's not any of those other things so if it was saying look at me i'm bumpy i'm round you know i have no value no you have a value in being exactly what you are and so when i looked at nature and i looked at all the different trees i looked at all the different animals i looked at i was like god created variety why am i so worried about not being like her or not being like her or not being like her you know, why can't I just embrace me? <laughs> and that freed me up a lot to just, I'm going to be me, you know, and, and I'm going to be the best me I can be so that I can give the best of me to everybody around me. And, and that's what I wanted to help women to, especially women, but men too, but anybody to, to do. And so, uh, Miss Leonard, I saw you kind of, you know, nodding your head. I mean, did you ever go through that 
where you felt like you weren't good enough and you had to, in a sense, rebuild that self-esteem? Yes. Um, just having went through the, the journey of being an addict um, destroys your self-esteem. You don't think that you're good enough. You don't think that you can make it, that you can make it without drugs. And um, that tore down my defenses. And, you know, uh, it was hard to get back on that road of recovery because of it. You know, I didn't think that I could make it, that I could um, be successful in my recovery process. And I had to get rid of that negative talk. And I had to um, allow myself to have hope and trust that my God will see me through and that no matter how it looks, you know, I'm becoming a better person. So, yeah, it was a struggle. I, I like what you were saying about getting rid of the negative talk. You know, um, I'm reading a book right now. It's called You Are Not Your Brain. And it's, it's a very strange title. When I first thought, I was like, I'm not my brain, you know, but um, the voice in our head, we think a lot of times is us, but it's not. It's a collection of everything that we've been exposed to. It could be from the songs we've heard, the radio shows we've heard, the news, you know, our mother, our father, our friends, our teachers, all of that stuff has been put into our subconscious and then it spits out at us and it tells us all these things and we have to say, okay, I heard it say you're not good enough. Well, that's not me. That's my brain. My brain is telling me that, but that's actually a lie, you know? And so part of the book is saying, realize that what you hear in your head is not you. It's just a collection. It's just a recording. It's a recording of all of the things that you have heard and that have been put into you. And you can erase it and you can re-record it and you can cause it to tell you more positive things. That's mm -hmm. where affirmations come from. So you can actually, you know, ignore it. You know, you can even argue with it and say, I'm not listening to that. That's not true. You know, you can do all those things because your brain is not you. But we have those negative voices that come at us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, one, one, one of the things that um, I say to myself is I'm not how I feel. That's good. That is good. That's good. That's good. That, that's very good. You know, because feelings, too, are, are chemical signals. You know, um, they are triggered by a lot of things. A smell can trigger a feeling. A, a sound can trigger a feeling. A memory can trigger a feeling. We can get caught back into a flashback, and then those feelings all come back. Um, and so they're, they're chemical signals. They're wirings. But we're, we're not our feelings either. You're right. We're not our feelings. And we can again, choose. We have a choice. We can feel that feeling and say, okay, I feel this for a second, but I realize that I'm not that. I don't have to hold on to it. I don't have to wallow in it. I can feel it and I can let it go, you know? 
And I love, you know, it's, it's amazing what sticks with you, but I remember um, a different world. There was a scene and I know you probably know where I'm going. The relaxed, relate, release, oh, you yeah. know, <laughs> that Whitney, she went through therapy and her therapist, I think it was Debbie Allen. I think she said, relax, relate, release. And she went through that whole episode, you know, relax, relate, release. And that little mantra kind of stayed with me ever since then, where it's like, okay, relax, just relax. It's just a thought. It's just a feeling, you know, okay. I relate that to, okay. I know why that happened, but I'm going to release it. I'm going to just let it go. I'm not going to get caught up in that, you know? And that reminds me of, um, well, speaking of books, so my book, Heart and Mind, The Purpose Identity Workbook, it speaks to exactly that. Taking all the things that we feel from our heart and then putting it more into an analytical perspective, our mind, and then that way we can filter through, you know, what it is that we're supposed to um, go after. Just, you know, it's just to help us process it because oftentimes, like you said, Zen, like when you know, things come at us, we store them in our emotional subconscious. And like, you know, triggers, like you said, smells, taste, thoughts, music, it triggers those up. Um, and sometimes, you know, we just kind of go on with life and we don't do much about them, you know, we'll try to hush them. But then it's, it's am I echoing? You're echoing every now and then. I'm hearing a little echo. I'm not sure about echo. Okay. Um, but so when we take the time to actually, you know, get process through it and get it more into that space, like into our headspace, then we can just kind of see, okay, what does this mean? What do we need to work on, toss out, release? What can we, you know, use for our better? So um so yeah, all of that of what you say, I co-sign on that because um, you know, oftentimes we do have things that we just kind of carry, and um, you know, it's just you know, it becomes a part of us until we just really just stop and take the time to deal with those things. I, I like that taking the time to stop and deal with things because we are black women and um, we have been trained to. Just keep moving forward. Just keep moving on and not necessarily stop, not even give ourselves the time sometimes to deal with our stuff, you know. Um, and I know writing a book takes time. So, Miss Leonard, I know that you took the time to write a book. So what made you stop and say, I need to write this book? You know, um, after I had received two DWIs and a felony possession charge, I found myself in jail for the third time. And, you know, I was locked in solitary confinement um, with that obsession and that compulsion to use. And um, that was like my rock bottom. And while I was in jail, I thought about, okay, I need to change my life and start anew and um, I think I'm gonna write a book about my journey. And this will also help me put it on paper and to help me get through it. And, um, you know, so I decided I needed to change my life and, um, and start the rebuilding process. 
that's really powerful because there are many people who might have been in your circumstances and they would have been sitting there angry and bitter and wrapped up in their feelings and they would not have been thinking about a way forward, a way out. They would not have been thinking about kind of cataloging the journey that they were, that got to, got them to where they were. And then also the journey out of where they were to where they wanted to go. And so that's, that's very powerful that you hit rock bottom and you said, I need to change, but I also need to write about my change and write about my, my process. Um, Cause a lot of times, you know, being vulnerable is difficult. And, and I want to applaud you for that because there's a lot of us that don't want to share that we've hit rock bottom, that we've made mistakes, that we you know we want everybody to see. Oh man, you know my hair is you know fried, dyed, and laid to the side, and I'm I'm you know all put together, and you see me, and I look like it, the it girl. And hey, you know this is all you need to know. You just need to know this. But to peel back that layer and say, where you see me now, I wasn't always there. This is where I was. And this is where I came from. And this is how I got from my lowest point to where you see me now. That's, that's a very powerful thing because, you know, a lot of people, they have this misconception that if you see someone successful or happy or fulfilled or accomplished. Well, they just had it easy. Everything just came easy for them. They just had it made. They were born with a silver spoon in their mouth, you know? And then to hear, oh no, this person went to jail. This person had an addiction. This person had, um, you know, in my case, an abusive marriage, you know, this person went through this and that and the other. It's, it makes people feel like, well, if they can do it, my problem may not be exactly the same, but if they can do it, I can do it too. You know, so I think that that's very powerful. And I think it takes a lot of courage to, to do that and to, in a sense, just open yourself up and expose your journey to people. Yeah. So what, what is the title of your book and where can people find it? Well, the title of my book is Building Me Back Brick by Brick. And um, it's it represents the, well, I wanted to show it, the hands, the hands at the bottom represents my support system, the people that help me in my recovery. The bricks represent my foundation. And the hand above holy order is God holding the glue that built my foundation back together. And that's what um, my book represents. And, you know, um, you know, it gives hope to those who are struggling with addiction and may not um, know how to get to a point of recovery. It's for the family and friends who um, don't understand what an addict's life is about and how they can be a help without being an enabler. You know, um, it just gives um, a, a new outlook on drugs and that, you know, it, it's a struggle. It's not just something somebody is just doing and they're doing all these negative things, but that they need help. 
And but first, that person has to find help within themselves. They will not change unless they're ready to change. So they won't change for you. They won't change for kids. They won't change for anybody else until they have hit that rock bottom and, and decided that enough is enough. And I don't want to live this life anymore. So um, it can be found on Amazon or um, uh, Google Books, um, Walmart, uh, Barnes and Nobles. Um, Building Me Back Brick by Brick is, um, you know, the the foundation that helps rebuild rebuild my life back together. And you know, I have an Arthur page. I'm on Instagram and Facebook also. Um, as maddie.lynn16. And, um, and I also have an author page with, it's in amazon.com forward slash Arthur forward slash Maddie Leonard. And that's where you can find my book. Well, thank, thank you. you for that. And I really love the imagery I, and I love the message. I'm so glad that you explained oh, that you. the imagery and support Oh my goodness. <laughs> Having a support system is so important. Um, and I know Monica Matthew Smith, that's like, you are all about support systems, you know? <laughs> yes, ma'am. I mean, you know, there are too many people in my opinion who are struggling um, unnecessarily because they refuse to get help. You know, it could be a pride thing. It could be a insecurity thing. I know for years, I just didn't reach out to, you know, work with people or to just even ask for help when, when I needed it because, you know, I was always seen as being Miss Independent. And I didn't want anybody to know that Miss Independent had her weaknesses. I cried at night. Um, because I felt like if that was exposed, then that could be used as a means for someone to take advantage. So for years, I didn't reach out. And so then when you don't reach out, you know, you don't have that support. But then, it, you know, you get weighed down and you can't do everything by yourself. And as Maddie, you know, so lovingly stated, like, there are times when you really need to try to get through certain stages in your life no matter how much willpower you have, right? Um, so, yes, that's why now I'm all about, look, if you need something, let's help each other. Let's come together because, again, my principles are really standing on, you know, my faith. And I'm like, God has so much for us to do that, um, you know, we really just need to bond together to just get that job done. Whatever that assignment is. Whatever that purpose or mission he's placed in, you know, each woman's heart, we have work to do and we can't do it alone and we actually need each other. So that's why I'm such I'm such a champion for, you know, community, collaboration and just being there as a, you know, as a support team. That's awesome. I, I was just listening to this book. It's called, I think, The Courage to Be Happy. And the book was talking about how, as human beings, we are limited in terms of we don't have fur, we don't have shells, we don't have wings to fly, we don't have some of the things that in the animal kingdom they have to protect themselves and propel themselves to greatness. 
we have community. You know, we learned back when we were in tribes that pretty much the worst thing you could do to somebody was banish them because on their own, they couldn't provide all their needs. You know, you couldn't go hunting and grow the crops and make the tent and, you know, be the medicine man and, and, and you couldn't do it all. So there had to be a division of labor. And that's how we came up with all of these different um, aspects of a, of a community where we had our bakers and we had our artisans and we had our doctors and our, you know, scholars and our warriors and everybody had their role. And we knew that before we ever had walled cities, that we needed each other. We needed to work together. We needed a support system. And that not only did we need it just for survival, but we needed it for mental health. You know, when they had those celebration days and they would bring out the drums and they would bring out the instruments and they would have the griot tell the stories and the poets tell the stories and the dancers that wasn't just, you know, frivolity. That was because it helped the tribe to deal with stress. It helped bond them. It gave them beauty in their lives that they needed. You know, so, you know, we sometimes as modern people, when we can go down to the grocery store and get everything that we think we need, we forget that we still need community. And, you know, on her on her book cover, it's got that image of that support system and building, you know, building your life brick by brick, step by step. We also sometimes don't give ourselves grace. We expect to get to point Z in a day when we just started at point A yesterday. And. It's not going to happen that fast. We have to actually have time to build and grow. And even if it did happen that fast, a lot of us wouldn't even be able to, to handle it. it. It takes us being able to grow and change and prepare for things. So it's, it's great to have that support system of people who have a little more experience, <laughs> you know, um, or at the same point that you are or even at a, at, a, at a younger point than you are, you know, those different levels of experience, but also to give ourselves grace to grow and to realize where I am today isn't where I'll be five years from now if I just keep building and I'm consistent, you know. So Ms. Ms. Leonard, you know, when you wrote this book, um, what, what did it do for you in terms of, did it have like unexpected benefits for you or things that you didn't see coming that happened when you were writing the book or you were, you know, getting the book out there, you know, how did it, how did it impact you becoming an author and, and telling your story? Um, you know, writing this book, um, I seen it as a way of doing service work, um, getting the word out there to other people. And um, for those who may be going through that situation, whether it be the addict itself or the family members um, or the friends, but um, as a way of letting them know that, you know, recovery is possible. 
and you know, while you're going through the hard times, you don't think that you can rebuild yourself, but you don't have to stay in this condition that you're in and that life um, may take certain turns. You know, we live on life on life's terms, but we have to walk through those feelings and not try to hide behind drugs, sex, shopping, alcohol, whatever the case may be, because you could be addicted to so many things. And I know shopping was one of my um, other addictions. When I stopped using, I started spending money and, and shopping. So you can be addicted to a number of things. It don't have to be just that. And um, I explained that in my book that, um, you know, we have addictive tendencies and that we have to address them and trying to shove them under the rug or, or hide them and, and not deal with them is not going to get you anywhere. You have to deal with that inner man inside of you and work on the things that is those defects or shortcomings that we have and try to remove them, you know, with God's help. Um, we turn our will over to him and he will um, help us in that recovery building process and that um, help us turn that foundation, that cracked foundation into a whole foundation. And, um, you know, going to NA meetings, um, NA stands for Narcotics Anonymous. It's a, a meeting, a group where addicts come together who want recovery. And going to those meetings um, helped me see and um, gave me tools on how to work on me. And, you know, doing the step work, the 12 step of Narcotics Anonymous have different levels that allow you to, um, to move forward in your life. If you work them, if you honestly try to have spiritual principles in your life that um, can, you know, motivate you like courage, um, acceptance, um, patience, um, just those spiritual principles that you start to work on and try to develop them in your life. And, and that's where, you know, um, you know, uh, I am so happy that I wrote the book because it gave me a deeper understanding of what I was actually going through. It gave me a deeper understanding of where I didn't want to go back to. And, um, it reminded me of those difficult times that I just didn't want to be in. You know, I lost my car. I almost lost my house. You know, my money was just going to nonsense and my life was unmanageable and it was insane. And, you know, God helped restore me to sanity. And, and that's what um, I see in, in my book and, and hopefully it can help others. That's what my goal was, not to just tell my story, but to help others um, to understand and to help them to get through that, to know that it's a day-to-day -day process. You know, we have to stay in the moment and don't look to the future or the past that causes us to stay depressed. You know, I dealt with mental illness and depression was um, something I dealt with all my life. And now I'm at a point where, you know, the depression don't define me. I take my medicine and move on, you know, <laughs> and, um, you know, and, and, and get to a better place. It gave me 
the desire to have positivity in my life, remove people, places, and things that was not um, conducive to my recovery process. You know, I had to change my life. Um, I had to do a 360. And um, that's where, you know, I'm, I'm happy that uh, yeah, I wrote this book. Well, I'm happy that you wrote it too. And, and you know, it's it always amazes me when we take a step that we feel we're supposed to take. We just never know where it's going to go. Because like I took the step of creating this podcast because people said, oh, you have such a nice voice. You should do a podcast. And I wasn't thinking about doing it until all the shows were gone because I'm a poet and I do spoken word events. All the shows were gone. And it felt like a death in my life. It felt like I lost so much. And I had already lost so much in terms of I had lost several family members and friends. And, you know, a lot of people had passed in my life. So I felt, as you say, at this rock bottom, who am I? How do I move forward? And then I, I thought back to my mother who had passed. She had given me a Bible promise book when I was a little girl. And even though I had kind of moved away from the church, I was like, that book would say, when you feel depressed, read this. When you feel sad, read this. When you feel angry, read this. And it talked about principles. And I just started writing down all the principles that I still had in my life. I still had, as you said, courage. I still had some balance. I still had boundaries. I still had the ability to take action. I still had faith. You know, I still had all these. I went A to Z. And then I started writing about those things. And I began to thank God for the things I still had. And then I was like, I could sit down and talk to people about this stuff. We could sit down and talk about building ourselves back brick from brick. We could sit down and talk about faith. We could, how are we, how are we putting that into practice? How are we coming out on the other side of COVID and, and, and these other things? Um, and so that's where the podcast came from, realizing what I still had in the present, as you said, you know. I wasn't focused on the future because the future was so uncertain in 2020. I was like, I had no idea what was going to happen. The past, the past was so many things had happened that I was still dealing with. As I said, so many people I had lost. It was just the present. This is what I have right now. This is what I can feel good about and hold on to. And that's, that's where his energy came from. And then from that decision led to all of these different relationships that I have had. It led to merchandise. It led to the book that I wrote. It led me to actually write the second book that I'm finishing now. It's like one decision led to another, led to another, led to another. It's, it's, and it's just beautiful how that happens when you take that first step you know, of faith, then other opportunities, other um, avenues open up to you. And Miss Matthew Smith, I see you kind of shaking your head. Did you have kind of a similar experience with that? I did. And, you know, I was just thinking about how, you know, 2020 was rough, but the, but the pandemic actually brought about many blessings. So, like, you started your podcast. Like, you know, other people have quit their jobs because they saw that, you know, not going through that just the emotions every day and having that that force, you know trying to like stay with their family with everything shut down you know it gave us all a chance to just kind of see where 
you know, where we wanted to take life for a moment and not just where life has been taking us. And so, um, you know, I think this podcast and everything that's coming out of it, this is all like been meant, right? It was just, it took something to like stop what we were just used to doing so that now our life can, can also um, receive other parts that maybe we're getting lost in the grind and, you know, just even our mental space of just working and, I mean, like you say, poetry shows. I mean, like, that's an awesome platform, but now this is awesome platform too. And like, you know, everything has its, you know, has its place and its purpose. And so, um, yeah, that's why I was just nodding because I was just thinking like, yeah, like, and you know, we can look at that for even not just the pandemic, but other areas. Like, you know, things that we had gone through Maybe those were just, uh, you know, uh, I don't know, the object that we needed to collide with to take our life in a different direction. Um, so, yeah, no, I resonate with that, sis, quite often. <laughs> and I like what you said, that sometimes we needed something for our lives to collide to to go in a different direction. Because I think most people they begin their business or they write a book or they, they go in a different direction. They get divorced, you know, because they've had enough. They've had enough of whatever it is. They've hit rock bottom, as you said, or they've just had enough. And, and I think, you know, as we're going into January, it's good to say to yourself, what, what if I just had enough of, what am I going to just stop? I'm not taking this into 2022. I want to leave this in the past. I want to move forward into something better for my life. And also I wanted to bring up, there has to come a point where sometimes you say to yourself, I can have better. Because I think a lot of times we get people, what I mean by we, we get used to where we are. We're making it, we're surviving. It may not be the most comfortable thing, but we're okay. Um, it's not, we're not dead, you know, we're not, you know, crashing and burning. We're, we're getting through our day to day and we are going to keep doing that. And then something happens. Like you said, something collides with us or we hit that rock bottom and we say, no, I've got to, I've got to do something drastically different. And then at that point, we're willing to do whatever it takes. We're willing to get a support system. We're willing to go to a detox. We're willing to maybe get a nutritionist when we never wanted to, to diet before. Maybe we're willing to leave that job that's secure, but is about to drive us crazy and start our own business. You know, so um, what would you say? to those women um, that are, they've been feeling like their life needs to change. They've been feeling like this is not all that they're capable of, that they can do better, but they haven't really given themselves permission. Um, what would you say, Miss Leonard, and I'm gonna come to you next, Miss Matthew Smith. What would you say to them to just say, hey, Go ahead, give yourself that permission. You know, what would you say to them? 
you know, we have to get out of our own way and um, not allow our um, misconceptions or the um, thoughts in our mind to hinder us. But we have to take that leap of faith and um, and apply yourself. Pray, pray about it, you know, and um, see where um, where it leads you. You know, you'll get a better understanding of what your dreams and desires are just by meditating and and listening. You know, we say we pray, we pray and ask God for for things and um, understanding. But when we meditate. We wait for God's answers and we listen and try to hear um, which direction he wants us to go. But deep and down inside, we know which direction we need to go and we know what we want to hear. It's just that second voice that keeps us from taking that move, taking that leap. And um, I just say, go for it. You don't have anything to lose. You have everything to lose if you don't. But you have nothing to lose. You do have nothing to lose if you try. And All right. And go ahead. Yeah, no, I was gonna say, and to piggyback off of that, uh, I mean, definitely my number one, like Maddie said, is you know, to just spend that quiet time. I think all too often we don't stop enough just to have that quiet time. You know, we have thoughts that are going a mile a minute in our minds. Um, you know, like Maddie said, we know what we want to do. We know what has been tugging at us like for the last three to five years. We just haven't slowed down to really process what that actually is and what the steps are needed to make that happen. So when we don't take that time and, you know, we're feeling that tug, but it's not clear, then we automatically assume oh like you know i don't have clarity i don't know how to do it i can't do it it's not my time i'm afraid but truth be told we just haven't spent enough time figuring it out like just because god gives us what to do we still have to get the strategy on how to do it like very rarely do we get the ideal to do something especially if it's you know, out of our comfort zone and totally new and just know how to do it right off the bat. There is a process to it. And so, so two things. We don't spend time, that quiet time. And then two, um, like you said also, Zed, we want to rush the process. So the minute we're up against, you know, the part that we're not comfortable with or that we don't know, we retreat. And then we start back at square one of, I want to do it. I know I should, but I don't know how. Instead of bearing that that uncomfortable time, being comfortable with being uncomfortable and just going through that growth process and just knowing that you're going to have to spend time learning, reaching out and getting the tools to do whatever it is that you feel like you want to do. Um, and then third, it's just being realistic with um it's going, you know, it's not going to be easy and that you're going to have to consciously talk yourself through some things, because as Maddie said earlier, we're creatures of habit. So if we haven't been doing something, no matter how much we might desire for me, like Maddie, well, Zen or Maddie, when you talked about, well, so like food, like I can't go down the rabbit hole with food, right? That could be something that I could say I have a mild addiction to. 
weight issues up and down, need to see a nutritionist, all of that stuff, right? Um, but that takes me saying, okay, I know I need to do it, but now how badly do I want it? To, make, to actually push through and consciously know that I have to work at that. Um, so yeah, I think, that, so uh, you know, like people, you know, <laughs> this phase, I know I should do phase and they never quite get to that other side because that process is uncomfortable and that process takes accountability and intention and responsibility. So we just have to be real with ourselves and just know that if it's something that you really want to do, if the house is on fire, you're going to find a way out. You know what I mean? So that's my two cents on that. You know, one thing that I, that, that made me, I guess you could say, stop wasting time. Now, I believe that everything in my life has been a blessing and, and there's not, in a sense, mistakes. But I do feel that I could have started some things earlier, you know. But one of the things that I had to come to grips with, especially the last couple of years, you know, I mentioned that a lot of people in my life have passed. And that made me think, I am not guaranteed another 50 years. I'm, I'm acting sometimes, or at least at that point, I was acting as if, oh, I got all the time in the world. I have these. I want to write three books. That was my one of my bucket list things. I want to write three books. I wasn't sure what they were going to be, but I wanted to write three books. But that's just like way far off in the future for me. And, and you know, then there came a time when I was like, OK, when are you going to do it? Are you just saying you're going to do this or are you going to do this? Um, and then there were people, you know, people who come up in your life, like you've been performing for five years, then where's your book? Where's your book, then? Where's your poetry book? <laughs> you know? And I'm like, uh, I don't have one. Why not? And I don't have an answer for that, you know? And so when people start saying things like that and you're like, okay, they have a point. They have a point. I've been performing five years. I have enough poems to make a book. Why haven't I done it yet? You know, so things like that. I think that there is a moving out of your comfort zone. There is that fear of putting yourself out there. Um, I have to be vulnerable to do this. I have to really expose my heart to do this. I have to really um, dig deep in a sense in my in my guts and just bear it all to do this. But then there's also that when I get to the end of my life, am I going to be able to look back with pride? Am I going to be able to look back with joy? Am I going to feel like I accomplished what I was sent here to do? Or am I going to be on my deathbed saying, oh my gosh, I wasted this time. And there were so many dreams I had that I didn't fulfill. And, and when, when I lost several people in my life and I wasn't sure from what they were saying as they were, you know, about to transition that they had really lived the life that they wanted. And it just hurt me. You know, it hurt me to be there at someone's side. And you're like, this person isn't ready to go. They're not ready to go because they had so much more they wanted to do. And I get to wake up tomorrow. And how dare I not start how dare I have a chance? They don't have a chance. 
you know, their chance is over. But how dare I not start? And and it, it almost became like a, a crusade in a sense, like I'm going to do this for the people who can't do this. The people that I've lost that I know that they had so many things that they wanted to accomplish. And because because I get it, I get to do it. I'm not going to waste it. I'm, I mean, I'm going to do this in their name, in a sense. I'm going to do this to honor them and to say, hey, you put this in me. You 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 gave me this advice. You gave me this encouragement. You gave me this support. You were part of my support system. You were someone I looked up to. When I do this, I'm going to give you part of the credit, you know, because I want, I, I wish you could have been here with me. I wish you could have fulfilled your dreams, but I can at least get dedicate this to you, you know, and, and that was a whole nother thing of, of just not wanting to die empty, wanting to die, having all my dreams fulfilled, you know, wanting to die with a uh, perfect self-expression, you know, and, and then just realizing whatever fear I had or whatever nervousness I had or whatever it was, I needed to just put that to the side because it was going to be much less than if I died and I hadn't even tried, you know, that to me was just going to be unforgivable, especially looking at these people that I had lost, knowing that, that had they been given a second chance, had they been able to get up off that deathbed, that they would have seized life differently, but they didn't get that chance, you know? And And so off of that, Susan, it's funny that you say that because um, I was just thinking about this exact same thing like the other day. And yes, like the same with you, you know, like it's either now or never, but also it helped me to put into perspective, like, what am I really grinding for? Like, you know, like, am I grinding for the money? Because I've seen millionaires die and they're still, you know, they die unfulfilled, some of them. Um, you know, am I grinding for my family? Like, what is it? And then, so just that thought and reflecting of, yeah, you know, looking at my family, I probably only have a good, you know, 40, 50 years left. Like, and if I look back on the last 40 years, that time goes by fast. And, you know, of course, each year that we get older, you know, most of us think about, you know, man, shoulda, coulda, woulda, or, you know, just how time flies and how this is all temporary. But so, you know, it just helped me put into perspective, like, um, just what, just what is life really all about? You know, the legacy, but, you know, just to make sure that I'm doing it for the right reasons. That's really good. So we're, we're in our last five minutes. I wanted to come to each of you to kind of tell people where you can be found, some of the things that you have to offer um, so people can follow up with you and, and connect with you. So I'll go to you, Miss Leonard, first. Okay. Um, like I said, for my, um, I have Instagram and Facebook. It's dot sixteen. And I have an author page on Amazon. Um, it's Amazon.com, Arthur, I mean, forward slash Arthur, forward slash Maddie Leonard. And um, you can find my book on Walmart, on Barnes and Noble, on Amazon, on 
Google Books. Um, yes, it's building me back brick by brick. Okay. Awesome. And then, um, so my company is Rich Chick 360, and we are a, I would say we're a hub for women who are starting their businesses. And so we provide education, so it's classes, accountability, support, community, um, resources, and we have weekly meetups for support if you just need answers or questions answered inside of your business. We also have um, expert trainers who come in once a month and just train on different aspects of, of entrepreneurship. And so we are everywhere at richchick360.com. Um, and yeah, and if you are interested in just learning more about what supports we have for women who are just starting out in business, you can go to richchick360.com. And she also makes some cookies, Flav Crave. <laughs> That's my other brand. Yeah, Flav Crave Vegan Cookie Co. So we are um, online orders only at this point. But yes, that's my other brand. And they are delicious cookies. I will vouch for the cookies. I bought many, many cookies when she was doing uh, her, her pop-up shops, you know, things. Um, and I am Zenashe, Z-E-N-A-S-E. And um, I, of course, have the podcast energy and I'm always looking for guests to come on the podcast. Um, I have a book out that's called Zenergize Your Life, Volume 1. And it was on the bestsellers list for 18 days. I haven't checked in the last couple of days. It could still be up there. It pops on and off, on and off. But uh, it was on the bestsellers list under new releases for 18 days. And so that is on Amazon. Um, I will be releasing it on Audible probably in the next month. I have another book that's going to be coming out, a memoir, a poetry memoir. So just if you follow me, Zanashe, you'll see there'll be a sneak preview coming out on January 30th, chapter one. And it has 92 poems in it. And it has uh, the last seven years of my life um, in prose form. It also is going to have pictures and it also chronicles my dating life. Actually, it has 101 dates in it. Come you know, on, Dave. Yes. Um, with the guys having nicknames. So nobody is outed. But I had some wonderful dates and I had some not so wonderful dates. So it's quite a quite a journey uh, in life. Um, and so you can follow me, Zenashe, Z-E-N-A-S-E, or Zenashe Poetry. And um, I really am wishing that everybody out there would move forward you know, in their life, toward their dreams, toward their goals, and utilize all the tools that we have at our disposal. You know, we have here, Rich Chick 360. We have a book here, a book author here, you know, so, and my book also. So there's many, many tools that we have that we can use to build a better life. So I want to thank you guys for joining me and may you walk in Zenergy. Have a great day. Thank you. Zenashe, a newly divorced 43-year-old Southern woman, wanted a fresh start. She'd heard there were plenty of fish to choose from in the modern dating pond. What she discovered were plenty of guppies, exactly 101 of them. The result? A provocative, transparent, raw, and delightfully uncensored account of her experiences with the 101 men she encountered on her journey to find the one. In Plenty of Guppies, 
Zen spills all the tea on dating psychology, relationships, and self-discovery, while giving readers a rare glimpse into the life of an award-winning artist and best-selling author. The book is an enlightening narrative that explores gender roles and identity outside of societal expectations. Zen has written a refreshingly mature modern-day epic of online dating, layering her personal story with erotic poetic verses and passionate prose that frame her journey toward rebuilding a life as a single woman and adjusting to both an empty nest and boomeranging children. 